Right? You would think that eating an incredible homemade meal night after night after night would get old. No. You just keep getting better and better. <laughs> this is incredible. Thank you. Dad, can I have some more veggies, please? You bet. More veggies for the big guy. All right, whose turn is it to help me with dishes tonight? Me, 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 me. All right, you both can help me. Yes! I need a, I uh, like a 20 piece chicken popper. I'm trying to win. All right, sounds like your family, huh, this morning. Everybody got them, had a big breakfast, fresh eggs, country bacon, toast, orange juice, hot coffee made just right. And your family is just right. And so we're just going to pray and let you go home now. <laughs> You're all sitting out there looking at me like, what about family? And uh, I like family. I think family is probably one of the most important things there ever has been invented by God. And I think out of the family comes the, the next generation that actually leads our nation and our churches. And so what we're into here in raising kids and being married is very, very, very important. And we believe that, that a family is made up of, hopefully, a mother and a father, a man and a woman who have children and who raise those children up in the way they ought to go. Now, we're not, we're not like idiots because we know that there's all kind of different families represented in here. And uh, matter of fact, next week and the week after, we're going to deal with some of those crucial issues about blended families and things of that nature. But today, I wanted to talk to you about integrity in the family uh, because I believe integrity is one of the most powerful tools that you can use, one of the most powerful uh, characteristics that an individual can have in order to build a proper family. You know, we're watching the Olympics right now, and there's a French gymnast. His name is Samir Syed, and he broke his tibia in a vault in the world championship in 2012. Uh, it healed. He had surgery. It healed, looked good. And then this past week, while he was vaulting in, the, in, in Rio, uh, when he hit the ground and stuck that landing, his leg broke in two. The tibia and the fibula broke in two. Matter of fact, they said it was so loud in the auditorium in, in the complex that everybody could hear it when it cracked. And you can, if you want to really look at it and have a good time, you can just look at it online. It's really, really neat. <laughs> but he's a young guy. He already had surgery back on his feet, back in the arena on crutches and said, I'll be ready for the 2000. 20 Olympics. And so these, these young guys, they're like animals, you know, they bounce right back. But it has something to do with integrity in this man's leg, because from the outside, everything looked good. It looked powerful. It looked like it was going to make it. But yet when it was put underneath the stress test, it failed. And integrity, we got to understand that integrity will be tested continually. And that's why on, on ships, we just launched a new ship out of Ingalls this week for the, for the military. Those wells, a lot of those wells are x-rayed because they, they, they may look good on the outside, but they want to make sure that they have integrity on the inside. Steel is that. The concrete uh, foundations are checked for integrity because they have to hold a lot of weight. And so for this message today, when we talk about integrity, we're just going to give it the definition, which is the Bible definition, and that is moral wholeness. Moral wholeness. How many of you know that God wants you to be moral in the sense of having good morality? In other words, holy like he is holy. He wants us to have moral wholeness. And uh, 
When we start talking about integrity, a question that would come to my mind that maybe some of you have is, why do I need integrity? I mean, really, let's get real. It doesn't seem to have a lot going in the political realm and a lot of the business realm, not a lot of integrity going on there. Even sometime in the churches, there's not a lot of integrity. Well, why, why do I need it? And I think we need it because integrity is a characteristic of God. And when we possess it, we're pleasing to God. And I think it's a very big deal to please God. And, and with that, when you possess this thing of integrity, there, there are benefits of pleasing God. There really is. One thing is, is that, you know, you know what it is? You can walk closer with God when you got it right. Another thing is you have an inner compass or an inner attitude called a conscience that's working together with, with God for your life. It's an inner guide. And then the third thing is that you will uh, have a constant peace in your heart because when you lack integrity, man, you're not peaceful, especially when you're in the church. And I think last, the last benefit that you can have is that you gain respect and honor and influence, not only from God, but from people. And guess what? It's good to have influence with people. As a matter of fact, it's, it's imperative if we're going to project this gospel to a lost world that we have people of integrity. And when it comes to the family, that's where it's really nurtured and that's where it's actually grown in the family. And we're going to learn that today. And, and so when we, when we think about this thing of integrity, if it's so important that we'll walk with God closely, then we got to think of the opposite of it. And the opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. And I'll tell you something about the hypocrite. Jesus was mighty tough on the hypocrite. I mean, my goodness. I mean, he was tougher on the hypocrite than he was on the thief and the prostitute. And, 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 and so it, it really means that Jesus was really looking at this thing of moral purity, of moral wholeness. When he, when he spoke in Matthew chapter 23, verse 25, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside also will be clean. He says, you know what? If you'll take care of the inside, the outside will take care of itself. Now, we know that as people, we like to take care of the outside so much. I mean, today, most of you probably took longer getting ready on the outside for this service than you did on the inside. I mean, that's the way we are. We spend much more time on our outside than our inside. But Jesus says, if you'll do this, if you go to the heart first, if you'll get that thing right and operating, things on the outside will come to pass just, just right. You know, when I got saved, people didn't tell me that I had to clean up on the outside. I didn't need anybody to tell me to clean up on the outside. When Jesus came in, the inside, he began to change me from the inside out. And that's the way that God always operates. What Jesus is saying here to these hypocrites, he, to these Pharisees, he's saying, you know what? A hypocrite is a person who has a public life that is dramatically different than their private life. That's a check to see, is your private life and your public life lining up together in moral wholeness. Very, very important there. And so we have, to, we, we, we have to look at this thing of integrity, and I want it in the context of the family. I'm not going to say the word family a thousand times today, but I want you to put it in the context of your marriage and raising your children. And we'll give you three things that we need to do with this thing of integrity. Number one, we need to possess it. 
We've got to possess integrity. You say, well, how do I do that? How do I get a hold of this thing? What, what am I going to do? Well, I think, first of all, you know, if, if you're going to move in this thing, you're going to have to really examine yourself. Now, you're going to have to judge yourself, folks, because if you judge yourself, the Bible says you'll not be judged. Now, what we want to do, we want to be as good as judging ourselves as we are of judging other people. We want to be quick to judge ourselves, to examine ourselves, uh, to see if we have any weakness. Are there any weak areas in our life? Where's my interior? X-ray your own life. And if you're having trouble doing that, if you say, well, I don't know how to do that, then I'm going to give you some help. Just turn to your spouse and say, examine me. And your spouse won't even look at you because that's a, that's a bad area to tread into there. But, but then, you know, if, if your spouse can't help you, then just go to your older kids because they're watching you and they know if you have inconsistencies in your life. Now, when they're young, yeah, they don't know. But when they get older, just ask a 16-year-old, son, how's my integrity? And then give him the right to say the truth without any ramifications. And you'll see that all of a sudden you, you're, you're in a place where you're seeing your shortcomings and where you need on the inside to work. Another place that you can, you can find help in possessing this thing of integrity is go to people who influence your life. You need people who have influence in your life. It might be your pastor. It might be a teacher. It might be a small group leader in the church. Small groups are just a wonderful place to have self-examination. Because in small groups, and this is why some people love small groups, and this is why some people don't want to even touch them. Because in small groups of people, we, we gain relationships. And then when we get close to people, that closeness of relationship gives them a right to speak into our life. And it gives them a right to call us on certain issues. And so you need these influences in your life. You need, you need people who will say, you know what, this is where you, where you are in life. You need mentors, and mentors can be people on the job, people in society. It can be your next-door neighbor. It can be your, your dad. It can be anybody who's influencing your life. And by the way, if you think you don't need someone influencing you, you're wrong. I love to be around people like Pastor Larry. I spent some time with him last Sunday. I've known him for 35 years. But every time I'm around him, I leave a better person. He influences me to be a better man, to be a better husband, be a better father, to be a better minister. That's an influence, and everyone needs that in their life. And if you don't, that's proof that you do. And then there's exposure to other resources. I mean, look, we have resources coming out of our ears, videos, audios. We have podcasts. We have online teachings of all sorts. I mean, it's all at your fingertips. I'm amazed that we have stuff at our fingertips that people are saying, well, yeah, I know, but I don't want to use it. It's right there for you to, I mean, can instruct you and everything. And then you have the Bible, which to me is the greatest influencer there ever is in a person's life. The Bible is alive. It's not like a telephone book. It's not like a novel. It's a living book that when you read it with an open heart, it changes your life forever. It, it, the Bible says it's alive and it goes deep into a man's or a woman's heart and it exposes, it goes so deep that it, it, it divides the soul and the spirit. Man, I mean, it just, you know, if you read your Bible like you did this morning, most of you, I'm sure you did, didn't you? And when you're all by yourself, it teaches you. It will tell you that you're doing fine or it will tell you that you need work. 
whatever the day brings. And some days with me, it's both. It's like, you're doing good, but, or you hadn't done so good, but you're doing a lot better. And you've got the victory, but you need to work right here. I want to work right here. The Lord said, I, that right there, I know you're reading about Nebuchadnezzar, but right there, that characteristic in his life is in your life, and I want to deal with that. And so the word of God is, is there. And then, of course, parents, listen to me. If you have a child, you are the greatest influencer on planet Earth with your children. I know some of you have lost maybe some influence there, some contact there in the teen years, but you don't have to. You've got little kids under five right now. I suggest you attach yourself at the hip with them and mentor those kids in the way life is really supposed to be. And I guarantee you, I believe this with all my heart, that kids will live for God. And they'll not graduate from high school and leave the church. I believe this. We'll talk about that tomorrow, next Sunday when we talk about extended family. So you've got to possess it, right? How are you going to possess it? Hang around people who will tell you the truth, who will speak in your life, who will influence your life. Now, next, you know what you have to do? If you possess it, you're going to have to protect your integrity. I'm giving you three simple words here. You possess it, but then you have to protect it, or you have to maintain that in integrity. And it's very, very important. Job, most of you know, was a man who went through a lot of trouble. In just a short period of time, he lost all of his possessions. He lost all of his children. And then he lost all of his health. I mean, he's a sick man, dead broke with nobody. The only thing left was him and sores and his wife. And in chapter two, verse three, the Lord spoke to Satan. Satan is up in heaven talking to the Father. He said, have you considered my servant Job? There's no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity, though you incited me against him to ruin him without any reason. And very simply, Satan came to God the Father and said, hey, you got anybody here that I can test? God said, well, I got this man right here named Job. He's got some great character. Go ahead. Do anything you want to him, just don't kill him. And Satan did everything he could to him without killing him. And Job has some characteristics in his life that I believe if you want to protect your integrity, you have to have these characteristics in your life. You cannot bypass them. And here it is. It says, first of all, he was blameless and upright. He was blameless. I want to say this, that it's easier to live a life of integrity than one that lacks it. Did you hear what I'm saying? If you're saying this on a regular basis, it's hard to live for God. It's hard to be. You need to stop saying that. That should never cross your lips again. I've lived for the devil in the world. I've lived for Jesus and the kingdom. And let me tell you something. It's a lot easier to, to live for Jesus and the kingdom than it is to be underneath the servitude of the devil. Come on now. Wow, I didn't even get one amen on that. That was a good place, right? You missed it. No, don't even try. It's done. We're done. You missed the moment. It's done. It's done. You say, how do, how do I be blameless and upright? Can I give you just a few little things, easy things? You ready? How about this one? If you're given too much change at a counter, return it. How about this? If you're undercharged, tell somebody. Now, you don't have a problem when you're overcharged. I went to, I went to the burger place the other day, two little bitty hamburgers, small fries, small Coke. She said $9.76. I said, I think that's a little too much for two <laughs> tiny little hamburgers. When it all finished out, I got a senior drink, praise God. $2.75. I said, come on now. When we're overcharged, we don't have a problem. We say, but, but boy, when we're undercharged, how about in your finances? 
You want integrity in your finances? This is what I suggest. I suggest you become a faithful, consistent, complete tither of your income, and God will take care of the rest. That is, of course, that you handle all of your money, the rest of your money, the right way. Did you get another amen there? My good. Strike two. Let's try this one. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Oh, amen, huh? <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord, for rescuing me on this one here. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. He said, all you need to say is simply yes or no, and everything else comes from the evil one. Be people of integrity. When you say yes, mean yes, and follow through with yes. If you mean no, mean no, and follow through with no. Don't be afraid to say no. Don't, don't be afraid to say no and say yes, and then don't do it. That's lack of integrity. And our kids see this, and we model that before our kids. We have to protect it. If you want to be whole, you've got to follow the principles of God. And he'll give you the power to do that. My goodness. Let's get the victory, man. Come on. Can we get the victory and let's move forward in this thing? Get the victory. Come on. Get the victory. I think you need to put in an honest day's work. I think you need to get off of social media Put that phone in your pocket and do your job. Amen? I'm astonished at what I see on construction jobs. I mean, guys, can't, they, they, they've learned to work with one hand because they got the phone in the other hand. It's amazing. You ever seen a guy shovel while he's talking on the cell phone? They'll do it, man. So we, we saw a little ad in the paper here. We just wanted to show it to you. Just wanted to put it up on the board for you. Construction workers need it. And this is what he said. He said, uh, please do not apply if you oversleep. Have court often, do not have a babysitter every day, have to get rides to work later than our workday begins, experience flat tires every week, have to hold on to a cell phone all day, or will become an expert at your job with no need to learn or take advice after the first day. Must be able to talk and work at the same time. Must also remember to come back to work after lunch. Should not expect to receive gold stars for being on time. If you qualify, leave your name and number and call 555-555-5555. This would be funny if it wasn't so sad and so real. I've seen this firsthand. Most of the things that are happening here happen with people. I'm astonished that people just can't get to work and work a whole day, like a whole week, and maybe a whole month or even serve on a team the way you're supposed to when you're scheduled. Because if you don't serve, then somebody else got to serve, then the whole thing gets crazy. We have to have integrity, folks. In the church, we have to have integrity. He was upright. Also, he feared God. You know what fear of God is? Can I simplify fearing God for you? Fearing God is caring more about what God thinks about something than your own agenda. That's fearing God. Fearing God also means that you care what God thinks above what other people think. Because we, we got a people problem. We got a people-pleasing problem. Job had that problem too, but just in reverse. I want to read in the second chapter of the ninth verse. He's sick. He's, he's on a pile of trash. He's full of sores. He's having a bad day. And that's why God gives him his helpmate. Here's, here's Job's helpmate. This is what she said. His wife said to him, are you still maintaining your integrity? 
Just the question is a killer. She said it this way. So Job, you're still maintaining your integrity? Look at you. Your breath smells bad. You got sores all over you. You know what he said? She said, curse God and die. In other words, throw in the towel. Give it up. Give up your integrity. And he said, you're talking like a foolish woman. Come on now, men. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? In all this, Job did not sin in what he said. And then in the 27th chapter, the fifth verse, I love what he said. He said, I will defend my integrity until I die. I'm going to stand right until I die. No matter what happens to me, no matter what anybody says, no matter what anybody does. Hey, look, the guy on the job's trying to get your job. He's, he's lying against you. Shut up. Hold to your integrity. Let God handle the dude. You say, well, what if he wins? He loses. I read it this morning. God is looking at the house and the homes of the wicked, and he will judge them. So you don't have to worry about it. God's on your side. If God is for you, who can be against you? He feared God, and then he shunned evil. Three characteristics. He shunned evil. And shunning evil is simply this. And we're simplifying this. It's aligning your life with the principles found in God's word. Align your life with the principles found in God's word, and you're going you're gonna to shun evil because evil will destroy your life. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? I know I'm saying that to the church. Evil will destroy your life because, hey, God's got another plan for you besides that. Here's the plan of God for your life found in the word of God, 2 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way. He's going to make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. So God's plan for your life is wholeness, not just in your spirit, not just in your body, but in your soul also. All of you, you're a triune being, body, soul, and spirit. So in the body, what he's saying is, keep your body clean. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Keep your body from evil, from what you see, what you do, where you go. Man, test the spirit of the places that you're going to. How about pray? Should I go there? Is that the environment that God would want me in? Holy Spirit, do you want to go there? Be bold to ask God that and then be bold to hear him and keep your body in line, but also keep your soul. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you know what you need to do? You need to guard your mind. You need to surrender your will. Amen? And guess what? You need to control your emotions. If you want to have integrity in your life, those three aspects are so important. Man, you, you hear what I'm saying? Guard your mind, surrender your will, and control your emotions. That's your soul. That's the person living today. That's the person everybody knows. And then your spirit, you want to keep yourself fed on the clear, clean doctrines of God. Proper theology, reading the word of God with an open heart, not some perverted thinking that gets you all weirded out. It's amazing that an insecure person will read the word of God and get beat up by it whereby a secure person will read the word of God and be edified by it. It's God's plan. Integrity is God's plan. So we want to possess it. We want to 
protect it. And thirdly, we definitely want to project it. Now, this thing of projecting my integrity, by the way, it's automatic. Whether you have it or you lack it, you're projecting something. Every one of you, especially in the family, you are a projector. And a projector is a very, very simple thing. It's a light that shoots through a film, that goes through a lens, that shines on a screen. And whatever is on that film is shining on that screen. And so when the light of God projects out of us, whatever is in us projects on the wall of our life, projects on our living room wall, projects on our children's bedroom wall. What we do in our home projects on our spouse's heart and mind. What we really are automatically, folks, you can't even hide it. The real you always comes out. And I'm hoping and I'm wanting the real you to be the right you. To be a, a you that you say, hey, look, turn the light up, man. Get it brighter. Let me project my integrity. You say, well, how am I going to do that? Here's a whole bunch of easy ways to project your integrity. You ready? Keep your promises, especially to your kids and your spouse, even if it causes you a lot of effort. If you tell your child, we're going to Chuck E. Cheese this afternoon, you're crazy. No, no. <laughs> no, you're not crazy. But what you want to do is you better be there and have a good time at Chuck E. Cheese. Here's another way. How about be on time for appointments? Because when you're on time for appointments, you honor the person you have the appointment with. So I'd say to all of you who were late to church this morning, you say, I wasn't late. Yes, you were. I watched you out of my office window at one minute till driving past my office window. You were late. And let me share this with you. You dishonored this worship team who have given their hearts and lives to practice and to present to you an environment whereby you can connect with your king. And by the way, you dishonored your king. I guarantee you one thing, if President Obama was, was one that's going to be here at 930 this morning, I guarantee you, you'd have been on time. Go ahead and take it. Say, say, I'm taking it. If you was late, say, I'm taking it. Come on, let's get some integrity. Be on time. I used to wait sometime two hours for people who had an appointment with me. I just sit for two hours. That was four cell phones. I just sit in my office two hours sometime, seven at night till nine at night, waiting to never show up. Now, you know how long I wait? Five minutes, my secretary gives you a call. Ten minutes, I'm out. Because if you don't care, I don't care. If you don't value the time, I'm not going to value the time. I got a lot to do. I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's, you see, that's the way it is. So you want to make sure that if you've got a 10 o'clock appointment, you're there at quarter till 10. Because I've taught the church for years, and I'm going to teach again. Brandon, you ready? If you're on time, you're already late. If you're on time, you're late, okay? Amen? Come on. How about go back in the store and pay for something that you inadvertently took out of it? I was at Walmart the other day, Jan and I. It's hot outside, crowded inside, self-checked out, got to the car, burning up. Oh, my goodness. I looked down there, two crummy cucumbers. I failed to weigh and pay for it. I had a choice. I could steal them. Nobody would have known, right? Or I could just leave them in the basket like some people do in the parking lot. <laughs> but I chose to do the right thing. I chose to go back in the store, get back in line, and then I checked out 78 cents. 
of cucumbers. Just telling you how to do it. Never betray a friend's trust, even if it hurts you. Don't throw people under the bus. Inform the cashier who gave you too much change. Do not gossip about people. Remain true to your spouse or your partner, no matter what. Return money that you notice somebody dropped without expecting a reward. I was leaving Home Depot one day, and when I used my card, it said cash back. I hit yes. I, I didn't want cash back, but I did. Ah, so I said, give me $10. And in the thing, I left the $10 in the little slot. And when I was walking across the parking lot, I heard somebody hollering, hey, hey, you, you, you. And I looked around. It was one of the cashiers, a young woman. She had that $10 bill. She said, you forgot your $10 bill. You forgot your $10 bill. First of all, I was astonished. Once I came to my senses of being astonished that somebody would be honest, I told her, I said, how about you just keep that $10? And when I told her that, she immediately, she just broke down weeping in the parking lot. I don't know why. I didn't ask why. But I got a feeling that that $10 meant a whole bunch to that little lady that day. And guess what? Because she was honest and had integrity, she got blessed. Hey, maybe you ought to try that. Maybe, maybe you're not getting blessed. You might ought to try upping your ante on the integrity level. You know, don't let somebody else take the blame for something you did. Ignore someone's advice on how to cheat on your taxes and not get caught. Don't get in bad business deals that tarnish your name and steal from people. If someone gives you confidential information, don't tell somebody else. If your child is wrong at school, come on, side with the teacher. Oh, that hurt, I know. If your kid is wrong, side with the teacher. Don't teach them that they can do wrong and be championed for it. Admit when you're wrong and get up and go at it again. Now, let me give you an example out of the Bible of somebody who had great integrity. Samuel was chosen by God as a prophet of God from a little bitty kid. His mother couldn't have babies. She said, God, if you give me a baby, I'm going to give him back to you. She had a baby. She went and brought him back as soon as he was weaned. He was raised in the temple of God. And now he's about to finish up in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1. Samuel said to all of Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me and have set a king over you. They wanted a king. Now you have a king as your leaders. For me, I am old and gray, and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand. Testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I've done any of these things, I will make it right. You have not cheated or oppressed us, they replied. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, the Lord is witness against you and also is anointed, is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. And they said, he is witness. You know what Samuel is saying here? I have lived a life of integrity before you my whole life. And I've led you in the way you ought to go. And they basically, in today's vernacular, they said, amen. You have. You know what that tells me? That tells me that people can live a life of integrity from little kids all the way to the grave. Let's stop accepting it as the status quo and what is acceptable to lie, cheat, and steal, to be arrogant and prideful, to not tell the truth, man, to not be honest. So let me give you three things just to recap. Here's three things that I want you to put in your pocket. I want you to take in your heart and go home with. Number one, these are your next steps. 
I want you to incorporate people into your life who will model integrity. Man, if you're around people that, that just don't have it, will you, I'm not telling you to just leave them flat, but will you at least add to your life somebody who can lead you in the right way? And if you're a parent in this place and you lack integrity, I want you to go home and look in the eyes of your children today and see what you've been putting in them. And if it hadn't been what it needs to be, stop today and start on the right track. Number two, I want you to embrace biblical principles that will maintain your integrity. Folks, let me tell you something. I've been studying the Bible for 36 years. I got a long way to go, but I'll tell you this. It's right. It's true. It's proven. And it will bless your life if you will only give God enough time to go ahead and intake some of his principles. You'll not be denied, nor will you be discouraged. I guarantee you that. Number three, I want every person in this room especially every family member, to display a life of integrity, integrity that will model other people. I want you to, to every day in your home be a model man, men to your wife and your kids. Woman, be a model spouse and be a model mom. Come on, quit screaming and hollering and quit cussing and quit, quit lying to your kids. Just come on, let's get that thing straight. And let's model this thing of integrity. On the job, let's be known as the guy who gets there first and leaves late. Let's be, let's be, let's be known of the guy on the job that he always goes the extra mile. He'll help people. Let be, let's be known that so that when we project our life, Jesus will watch the movie and say, guess what? I'm well pleased. Come on. Enter in to the kingdom. Let's bow our heads right now. Can you just do that and close your eyes just right where you are? Just for a moment. Come on, examine your life. Just real rapidly. I mean, just, you know, the amazing thing is that when you examine your life, instantly you see it. I mean, it's, it's almost glaring in there. The immorality, if there's immorality in your life. Come on, Christian. You've just been sliding on things. If you've just, you know, been in areas you're not supposed to be in. Come on now, just deal with that thing. I know you're thinking, oh, well, I dealt with that before it came back. Well, that's, that's true, but deal with it again and keep dealing with it until it doesn't come back any longer, until it is defeated rather than you. I want to pray for the church right now. I just believe that the Lord really, really, really wants to touch the church in the area of integrity. A businessman once told me, he said, my worst paying customers are Christians. I never forgot that over 20 years. I never forgot that. I thought, my God, what a testimony. What a movie projected on the wall of the world. Let's not be that. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you for grace right now and wisdom in order to do your will, God, in order to come up another notch in the area of being people who are morally whole. God, we just ask you to deal with us until we have a clear conscience, until we make a next step. Let us not be one who hears only, but let us be people who hear and do, thus advancing. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to deal with each individual in this room about their integrity. And while you still got your eyes closed, I want to talk to a group of people in this room that you're not completely whole. 
kind of fragmented in your life. Sin has done its number on you. It did it on me. But God wants to change that in your life right now. The beginning place of wholeness, of an integrous life, is receiving Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Apostle Paul said, I got one message, and I preach it all the time, everywhere I go, that we are to repent of our sins, that we're to turn to our God, and that we're to receive, put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you need to do today. Nobody can do that for you. I can't do it for you. God won't make you do it. You have to open your heart right now. And if that's you, if you're in the room right now and you say, sin's got me separated from God, I really don't feel God, I don't, I don't know, I don't even understand completely, I just know that I don't have a proper relationship with God. If that's you, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. I want you to agree with me in this prayer. You're opening your heart up to God. God is hearing you. God is right there. His ears are open right now, attentive to what you're getting ready to say. And as I pray, just agree with me. Come on, Father, in the name of Jesus I pray that you forgive my sin. I pray, Lord God, that you receive me into your family. I repent of my sins, Lord God. I'm turning to you. I'm putting my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that he died for my sins, that he rose again from the dead. I believe that with all of my heart, Lord God. And I invite you and I accept Jesus today, God. I really do. And I thank you for it. I thank you for forgiving me. And I thank you, Lord, for recreating me and now changing my life step by step, line upon line. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen and amen and amen. I'm glad. If you just made that decision, let me be the first to say congratulations. The decision to follow Christ is just the beginning of your relationship with God, and we'd love to help you with your next few steps. If you'll text the word SAVED to 51660, we want to send you a link to our website that'll explain a little more about the decision you just made and give you some steps to take so that you can grow in your new relationship with God. We're one church in multiple locations. We have a campus in Gulfport, Wiggins, and in Long Beach, Mississippi. If you're in one of those areas, we'd love to see you at one of our live services. You can visit our website, northwood.tv, for service times and directions. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do that online as well. Just go to northwood.tv slash give, or you can text the amount you'd like to give to 228-215-3421. Again, that's 228-215-3421. Standard data rates and text charges may apply. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next time.